I like to think of pacing as working skillfully with the quote unquote addiction of love. So when we are connecting with someone in dating, lots of yummy brain chemicals tend to get activated, mm-hmm. right? Dopamine, serotonin, testosterone, estrogen, oxytocin, etc. And it actually lights up the same parts of our brains as, uh, say, cocaine. From the Relationship Center, I'm psychotherapist and dating coach Jessica Engel, and this is I Love You Too, a show about how to create and sustain meaningful relationships. I'm professional certified coach Josh Van Vliet, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about how pacing can help you find love that lasts. We're so happy you're here. And please remember that this show is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome to this episode all about pacing Mm -hmm. and how we can use pacing to help find love that lasts. This is, uh, I think, an underrepresented topic in the conversation about dating and about finding love. Yes. Because it makes such a difference and uh, nobody really or very few people are actually talking about it in a, in a healthy way. Right. That's not like a set of rules like by this date you should do this and by this date you should do this and never do this by that time, which aren't actually all that helpful or empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of makes us, gives us rules to think about and then makes us feel anxious if we're not following the rules p- perfectly. Right. So I'm really excited to dig into this topic with you. So the questions we're going to try to answer Mm -hmm. today are what is pacing in dating and why should we care? How can we pace the development of a new relationship for long-term success? What are the signs that pacing is off in a new relationship, that something isn't working or something there's something we should be concerned about or kind of be, be wary of? And what if your pacing doesn't match your partner's pacing? Those are some good questions. Those are some good questions. So shall we shall we dig in? Let's do it. So what is pacing? Yes. So I'm going to give you a few different takes on pacing. One way that I like to think about pacing is mindfully adjusting the pace at which we're spending time with, bonding with, and committing to a partner so that we give ourselves the best chance possible of building a healthy long-term relationship. Great. And so that's that's the first that's way. the first way. Mm-hmm. That's the first sort of definition you okay. can mind. Okay. I also like to think of pacing as the be here now of dating. I know you are a big fan of uh, Ram Dass's work. Be here now. Be here now. Good stuff. Um, so the be here now of dating. Are you present to and accepting of the actual phase of your relationship, of your dating connection? Or are you jumping ahead? Are you in denial of how close you actually are? Mm, okay. So then if the first way of thinking about it or first kind of angle into it is how we uh, adjust, kind of calibrate to the time we're spending, the ways in which we're bonding, the kinds of activities we we're, we're doing with a partner that might have us bond more and more, the ways that we're committing to a partner, kind of adjusting that to give us the best chance possible to build a healthy long-term relationship. Then the second piece I'm hearing is kind of having a clear-eyed view on where are we currently. Right. That in order to be able to skillfully attune, adjust uh, our pacing, we have to know where we are. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And we, we want to notice whether we're in fantasy or reality. Mm-hmm. Right. So for some people, perhaps they've been dating someone for a couple of weeks and they're already kind of envisioning the wedding. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're six months in and they're trying hard not to think about, you know, the fact that it's probably about time to start talking about, you know, where this is going. Mm-hmm. Like, are we even committing to each other in some mm-hmm. way? Are we in an exclusive relationship or not? What are we wanting there? Right. Mm. So that's number two. Number three, I like to think of pacing as working skillfully with the quote unquote addiction of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Right. So when we are connecting with someone in dating, lots of yummy brain chemicals tend to get activated, mm-hmm. right? Dopamine, serotonin, testosterone, estrogen, oxytocin, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it actually lights up the same parts of our brains as, uh, say, cocaine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Right. People who've fallen in love or lost know what I'm talking about. It's sort of like you can't sleep, you don't want to eat, you're just kind of like a little high, right? right. Uh, and so if we know that's going to be a factor in some of our dating relationships where our brain chemicals are really uh, kind of bonding us to the other person, pacing is a way to give ourselves the space that we need to come back down to earth and to really see clearly what the relationship is capable of, what the other person is is capable of. Um, with You're still going to have some of those chemicals in your system, but less, right? So we're able to kind of um, mindfully observe the quality of the relationship. This, I think this is the part that gets me the most excited about pacing mm-hmm. and dating mm-hmm. because like you're saying, brain chemicals off the charts, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good. We want that. It's not a bad thing. We're not saying get rid of brain chemicals, no. but it does make it very hard to see early on uh, past the brain chemicals, past the like kind of addiction of love of a new relationship uh, to see, are we actually compatible in the ways that we really want to be? Are we, is this a healthy relationship? Are, does this person have the qualities that I'm looking for in a partner? And how are we together? Mm-hmm. Uh, to give yourself kind of enough space, enough break from the, from the brain chemicals mm-hmm. so that you can realistically assess that and not live in the fantasy of, this is crazy. I'm so excited. This is my person. I've mm-hmm. known them for two weeks, but I already know we're going to get married and mm-hmm. have babies. When you maybe actually haven't seen if that's, there's real compatibility there. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you're in that altered state. And if we are looking for a long-term relationship, making a decision based off of our lust, it's not often going to lead us uh, the where we want to be in the mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. And that lust, you know, neurochemically, that all of those yummy chemicals are going to reduce, right? By about a year in, uh, they find that, for example, men's testosterone levels uh, stabilize back to where they were before meeting a partner. Mm-hmm. And so piecing's a way to kind of, uh, yeah, ground ourselves and assess things not from the, the lust mindset. Right. And, it, and it's, it's about finding that balance though, right? It's, it, because we don't, 
We don't want to be so in that addictive brain space that we're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. But neither do we want to shut down all of that because that's important. Yes. You know, an important experience and it's also fun. I mean, we want to mm-hmm. enjoy connecting. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to shut it down so much that we don't have any kind of, uh, any of that energy. Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out. And I think f- for some people, pacing means slowing themselves down. And for, for other people, it means actually leaning in and allowing themselves to go a little bit faster than they might be comfortable going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it feels like we've kind of answered why we should care about pacing a little bit in this. But is there more that you you want to say about that? I do, yeah. So when we're pacing, we're really sort of shepherding our nervous system through that naturally stimulating process of dating in a way that supports you to make mindful, wise decisions. Without it, we're kind of, we're at risk of either attaching to a person who won't ultimately be a good fit for us or not attaching to somebody who will be a good fit. Yeah, so both ends of that spectrum, what you were saying just a moment ago about we're either so head over heels in the fantasy that we attach to somebody who ultimately is not not good for us mm-hmm. or we miss the opportunity because we're, we're not attaching at all. We're not engaging enough to, to build connection, build intimacy. Right, to uh, allow our attachment systems to get intertwined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think with piecing, this is important because if we're going too fast, we may actually be skipping over vital early developmental tasks in the relationship. So we're failing to really form a solid foundation upon which our relationship can really flourish through all the ups and downs of long-term love. What's an example of some of these early developmental tasks that you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so perhaps maybe a few weeks in, um, you are feeling a need for a little bit of time to yourself. And let's say that your partner reached out to you and was really excited about seeing you. Mm -hmm. Um, And you decide to just go with that energy and just kind of, you know, merge with them essentially. Um, Versus an alternate approach would be to express that need for uh, a little bit of space to kind of come back to yourself. When you do that, you and your partner get to see what it's like for you to have varying needs and to start to uh, collaborate and compromise, Mm -hmm. okay? And you get to see in that moment and you get to start to build safety within your two-person psychological system uh, where your nervous systems get to learn that it's okay for you to have a different need from the other person and that you can trust the other person will join you in a spirit of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't start to share what you're needing until months, years in, you're really skipping over the part of the relationship where you build that kind of muscle. That, that muscle of we are different people, even though we are kind of in some sense merging into this two-person psychological system. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we do have different needs sometimes. And how does our system respond to that? Mm-hmm. Are we able to acknowledge and hold those needs with kindness and compassion and get creative about how to meet our different needs? Right. Or do we uh, really struggle? Does mm-hmm. one person 
feel like the other person is abandoning them, for example, mm-hmm. and have a, a very intense level of anxiety that uh, causes them to, you know, go go forward or kind of go towards the person even when they're not ready for that and right. have a, a very difficult time tending to each other's needs. Right, exactly. Yeah, so really giving the relationship time and space to build that foundation of trust, of reciprocity, of safety. Mm-hmm. I also really like to think of piecing as a way to um, consciously use dating to heal trauma and to heal interpersonal wounds. Mm. When we pace, we get to really be present with what rises up for us when we're doing the courageous thing of getting close to another human being. And if we're going uh, on autopilot very fast or perhaps very slow, we're not giving our system enough both safety and risk or challenge to bring up the material that is asking to be healed. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that was a little bit abstract, so um, maybe I can give an example. Yeah, please. Okay, well, let's imagine that somebody's grown up with a single parent who is emotionally kind of distant. And so they enter into adulthood with more of an avoidant attachment style. So they tend to distance from others in relationship. And they tend to feel maybe a little bit consumed in relationship. Now, pacing for this person, their automatic pacing might be, I'm going to go on a first date and then I'm going to wait a week to reach out to that person, even if I'm interested in them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I know that my tendency is to wait a long time and I'm wanting to really challenge myself, I might text a few days after the first date. Okay. And after doing that, it may be that some of my fears about being, uh, you know, sort of consumed by a relationship, they get activated. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's not a bad thing because it actually allows us to look at what happens for us when we try to get close to someone, but in a contained way, in a conscious way. So that person can then take those thoughts and feelings to their therapist, to uh, a friend, to their journal, whatever their practice is, and really start to feel into um, whatever it is that is uh, getting kicked up and that is asking to be felt and released. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a uh, a powerful frame that you you bring to this to this conversation about pace, pacing as how it can be useful for healing trauma mm-hmm. around relationships. Yes, and that you know part of what I what I imagine is really important here is that calibration of the right amount of mm-hmm. stimulation. Yes. that if we if we go into something too quickly, it brings up it might bring up so much stuff that we can't actually process it. It just kind of overwhelms our system. Right. And there isn't that that room for the reprocessing, for healing, for reflection on what came up. Yeah. It's just like boom. Absolutely. And if we don't engage at all, right? If you're saying like you're saying like this person who waits a week, they're not stretching their system at all. It also doesn't bring up that thing. So we have to kind of find that sweet spot mm-hmm. of enough to bring up what's there for us to look at, but not so much that we're overwhelmed and can't actually process it. That's right. Yeah. And I I definitely recommend our 
Dating is Hard episode, which goes over that three-step process for really noticing where we are and choosing based on where our nervous system is, how much to challenge, how much to soothe, and then integrating all of that. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the best ways to turn dating into something that uh, we find valuable regardless of the outcome of a mm-hmm. particular date um, because it's a journey of growth. You know I'm a big fan of that frame. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, pacing can be used to really consciously heal trauma. I also think that pacing gives you really important information about your love interest's capacity to respond to your needs with care and compassion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great way to assess, is this a relationship master or a relationship disaster mm-hmm. in the Gottman framework? Mm-hmm. Right. So when we get clear on our own pacing, oh, maybe I need a little bit more space or, oh, you know, actually maybe I want to reach out and connect with this person. That feels right for me. When you get clear on that and communicate it, you get to really notice how your partner responds. Are they respectful? Um, Are they perhaps... Uh, saying yes, but also their behavior kind of indicates they're uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Are they pushing you for something else? Mm-hmm. Right? All of that is not only helpful for kind of seeing how they are in relationship, I think it's also it can daylight red flags. Mm-hmm. Right? So we've got lots of people in the world who are wounded and we've got people in the world who are you know, narcissistic or even sociopathic. And they are sometimes in the dating field. I don't love to scare people in that way, but I've seen a lot of our clients, you know, come across people who they want what they want and can't be respectful of the other person. Mm -hmm. So they'll do things like love bombing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're clear on your own pacing and you are communicating it, you get to use the feedback from drawing that line in the sand uh, and help that to filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I think, such a, you know, it links well, I think, to our episode about what to look for in a long-term partner because this is the place, this is where you get to start to see, is that present? Is, yes. Are those qualities that I'm looking for present in this relationship with this person? And, um you know, it's a little bit trite, but actions speak louder than words, right? How does somebody respond in in the relationship is is more indicative than what they're going to say, right? And hopefully, those things match up. Uh, but this this is really important information. Absolutely, um, beautiful. So, hopefully, we've uh, persuaded you that pacing is something that's worth checking out here, worth engaging in in your dating life if you're looking for a long term relationship. So. How do we do it? Yes. How to pace the development of a new relationship for long-term success. So first and foremost, I want to just say that to pace effectively, we have to pause regularly. To pace effectively, we must pause regularly. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of the uh, tongue twisters that we do before episodes. Right. To pace effectively, pause regularly. Uh, So... First and foremost, 
I really want to encourage y'all to establish a regular practice that really allows you to take time out from your dating life to process and to connect with your feelings and needs and truth. That could be journaling or meditation or a friend, a therapist. So we need to have time to really come back to ourselves and to kind of assess what's happening in order to really tune into our own pace. So the purpose of that reflection process, whether it's solo or with support or friend, is to tune into your own pacing, what you're wanting, what you're needing in the relationship, what you're ready for, what you're not yet ready for. Do I have that right? Yes, that's correct. Right. So I'll give you an example. Um, A client of mine finds that when she goes on dates, more often than not, she just kind of falls for the person. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, her heart's, you know, so eager, hungry for love Mm -hmm. and um, she'll get on dates and just really enjoy someone. And we've talked about it and, you know, what she's noticed is that by like day two or three, she kind of feels like herself again. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, one of our practices has been within that time frame, she's writing, she's looking at her ideal mate list. You can see the, uh, what to look for in a long-term relationship episode for a link to that. So like her list of what am I looking for in a person and or she'll have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And based on that, some of the time when she looks back and kind of tunes into what's happening for her, she realizes like, you know, there were a couple of things that actually this person, I'm like, you know, I definitely got a crush on them, but I'm noticing this, this, and this didn't quite work. And I'm noticing that my nervous system is actually feeling like, a little bit uncertain about this person, mm-hmm. right? And from there, she can really make decisions about, does she want to go on another date with mm-hmm. me? I love that. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. So that's number one, pause regularly, okay? So that you can really tune into your sort of, your natural pacing in relationship to each individual person. Mm-hmm. Number two, know your pacing tendencies, Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is, I think this is, this is really important because as we were saying earlier, it's going to vary for each person what may be needed. I know for me in my dating life, I was like your client where I was like falling head over heels with somebody really quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of jumping in before I'd really had a chance to assess. And for me, it was really important to learn to slow myself down a little bit so that I could really do this process that you're talking about, but for someone else, it may be a different story. So yeah, oh, tell me more about absolutely knowing your dating, your pacing tendencies. Yeah, so I think really identifying where do I land on the pacing spectrum? Okay, am I? Uh, do I tend to go super fast, or do I perhaps go too slow, mm-hmm. or am I inconsistent? That's that's also quite common. Okay, so you know, really looking at depending on where I am on the spectrum, do I actually need to take the risk of slowing down and being in the not knowing, mm-hmm. right? That would be for, for someone more like you described yourself as mm-hmm. or my client. Mm-hmm. Or do, do I need to take the risk of spending more time together or revealing more of my inner world, mm-hmm. increasing commitment, right? So that's for people who are maybe more in the kind of avoidance stance, a little slower to uh, say yes. And how, how would you... 
how would someone know? Yeah, I mean, my guess is they would know. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think most people kind of have a sense. Have a sense. Yeah, um, and they've probably gotten feedback from other people. Mm. Like, whoa, that's pretty fast. Or, you know, man, like if you want to build a relationship, you probably should call her. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, if you don't know, talk with somebody. Yeah, yeah, talk to a therapist, dating coach. Uh, get get their thoughts on it. Someone who can give you kind of an objective. Uh, third-party perspective yes. on like, how is this? Mm-hmm. How is this landing for you? And help you understand for yourself, how is it working for your system, mm-hmm. what you're currently mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and another thing to think about, you know, I mentioned earlier, like there's some people who go too fast and some people who go too slow and some people who um, jump around. So they're mm-hmm. not consistent with their pace. And that often is related to um, insecure attachment styles uh, or trauma. So one other... Uh, challenge for your tendency, depending on how consistent you are with your pace, is, you know, what would it look like to take the risk of adopting a steady pace and acting as if that steady pace is um, natural for you, even if your insides are saying, run, or Mm. saying, go faster, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's number two. Okay. We have pause regularly, know your pacing tendencies. Number three is consider and consciously choose the timing of common relationship milestones. Yeah. I, f- I feel like this is, this is the one that people often think about as pacing, mm-hmm. right? It's like, when do we first kiss? When do we first make love? When do we commit to being exclusive? You yeah. Know, things like that. So yeah, tell me more about this. Yeah, so... I really encourage y'all to really think about things that have a high likelihood of deepening your bond with the other person, okay? So we are all, we're mammals, and we're designed to bond with other people, particularly in certain circumstances. So we want to be really conscious about when we choose certain things, right? I was talking earlier about those neurochemicals. Well, certain things... Uh, you know, initiate a whole cascade of yummy, yummy chemicals pretty reliably, mm-hmm. okay? Things like a kiss or making love or sharing something that's uh, deeply vulnerable, okay? So this, you know, pacing isn't about withholding those things, but about really choosing when to incorporate them. And we can do that a couple of different ways. One, we can kind of outside of actually being in a relationship, think to ourselves, what makes sense for me for each of these different milestones? What's going to be like deeply bonding for me and, and kind of speed up my sense of attachment to this person and kind of to think about it like, well, if I were to put this on a timeline for myself, I would put the first kiss at whatever, date one, date seven. Um, the second strategy here is to come back to that regular pause and to within each relationship kind of sense what's right for your nervous system for each milestone. So it, it's not that you are assuming like, well, it's date one and I decided for myself that date one is when I want to have a kiss. It's more you're tuning into your own nervous system to see, okay, is date one actually when I want to have this kiss with this person? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me go over some common milestones just so people can start to think about, you know, what those are. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned a few. So a first kiss, meeting friends, sex. Um, I have a friend who says 
essentially, I could have sex with that lamp over there and I would fall in love with it and want to marry it. (laughs) 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 So sex is a big one. Uh, Daily contact, Mm -hmm. right? So moving from like, "Eh, we're texting once a week to calls, texts, video chats, all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talking about marriage, kids, the future, and, and I would think of this one in, in two different ways, just talking about it kind of generally in terms of this is what I want in my life and what do you want in your life versus talking about your vision for doing those things together. Yeah, those are very different, those are very different. levels of bonding. Yeah, it's like, you know, for me, somebody bringing up kids on a first date can either be a green flag or a red flag right? And my clients talk about it. It's like, did they talk about it in terms of, well, gosh, I'd really like to have kids one day. Or were they like, yeah, you seem like you'd be a great mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay, slow your roll. Um, just met you. Um, okay. So talking about the future, sharing an important aspect of one's life. So something like music they make, or perhaps you really love cooking. Um, so cooking a meal together, going to church together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, becoming exclusive. So moving from dating to a relationship, going on a trip, meeting family, becoming one another's emergency contact, creating shared rituals like morning or evening rituals, uh, and moving in together. Mm-hmm. Some examples. I'll just throw on there getting engaged. Getting engaged. One hundo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love what you were saying earlier that these are like common ones. These are ones that are, are likely to increase bonding for you. And it may be different for each of you, right? right? Like you may have certain things. It's like, oh, when I do this with somebody, that actually is really significant. Yes. And so I want to be really thoughtful about when I do this with a potential partner or a new partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of kind of use this as a jumping off point for looking for yourself. Yeah. One of those things. Absolutely. Yeah. Example from, from our relationship, I, for me, inviting you over to my house for the first time, that for me is a very bonding mm-hmm. act. Yeah. And so I was very conscious about when I invited that. Yep. Yep. Um, and I think for some people, you know, I was just talking to a, a friend and he was saying that he invites dates over on the second date mm-hmm. and that really works for him. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's like such a range, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge here. There isn't a set relationship trajectory that you must follow or like it's really very personal mm-hmm. to what works for you and your system and and you with this person yes exactly and so are there uh some things that we can think about or questions that can help us figure these things out there are indeed i have a whole list of questions Ooh, okay. <laughs> so some questions that can help you pace how much time away from this person do I need in order to come back to myself and think clearly about whether they are a good fit for me? Mm-hmm. Note that the time away may change depending on where you are in your relationship or where you are in your own inner journey. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the relationship, it might be like, I need a, I need a week. Mm-hmm. Or as you progress, it may be like, okay, I, can, I need like a day. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Okay. Another question is what frequency, intensity, and length of contact will enable me to either challenge or soothe my nervous system, depending on which one I'm needing in my journey at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So going back to that example of somebody who's maybe leaning more avoidant, you know, what 
what amount of contact, what kind of contact would actually allow me to challenge myself a little bit. Or I'm checking in, I'm like, oh no, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed, kind of flooded with my own material. Um, I actually need to tune into how much distance I need to, to really process all of that. Mm-hmm. Got it. We've also got what kind of relating will bring up enough of my material without flooding me. And when I say material, I mean psychological material, I mean trauma material, I mean attachment material, just sort of the, the inner stuff that you have to work with. Is another way of thinking about this kind of like the level of activation in my nervous system, like kind of like yes. anxiety or maybe shutdown or maybe, you know, whatever that kind of like arousal, that, you know, stress response yes. that at a certain level, like getting to a certain level of intimacy kind of kicks that up. It's like, ah, okay, this is uncomfortable, maybe exciting, but also scary or mm-hmm. kind of brings up fears or things like that. Yes, that's a great way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Another phrase people might be familiar with is window of tolerance, mm-hmm. right? So am I kind of like filled up enough with the activation or the emotions or things to, to really process without being like uh, underwhelmed or overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Got it. Another question would be, am I ready to fall in love with this person? How would we go about answering that? Mm-hmm. How, how would someone know that they're ready to fall in love with someone? Yeah, the way that I like to think of this one is like, kind of like, do I have the information? Do I have enough information to tell me it's a worthwhile risk to let myself fall for this person? So do I know enough about their character? Do I know enough about our shared values? That sort of thing to justify, uh, you know, pressing the gas pedal down Mm. and bonding in a way that very well may lead to me falling for them. Mm -hmm. Right, because we're kind of balancing the, the pain of the heartbreak if we learn later it's not the right fit with uh, the excitement and the possibility of what if it is the right fit. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, we hit the gas pedal too early and we're, the the, the ratio of uh, risk reward is is much higher on the risk side. We just don't have enough information to really say, is this person a potential good fit? Right. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. We've also got, what would I need to know to dive in with both feet? That feels like it's like the question to help you know if you're ready to fall in love with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right on. Like, I would, well, I would need to know if they also want kids. Mm-hmm. Or I would need to know if um, when we have a, an argument, can they work through it with me mm-hmm. compassionately and uh, with kindness? Right. You got it. Okay. Yeah. And another one that may be kind of a subset of the, the other two questions we were just talking about, what does my heart need to know in order to take this relationship to the next step? Mm-hmm. And how, how, what's an example of that? Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, thinking about a few of my clients and I think that there often comes a moment in the relationship where they feel confused about how much to um, be all in. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it comes down to feeling unclear about uh, future plans actually. So are we on the same page about kids? Mm-hmm. Are we on the same page about monogamy or marriage or you know anything like that? 
And so oftentimes when I have them slow down and listen, there's sort of this unease around like, I'd really like to be all in with this person, but I'm noticing like, I don't know how to process what they've told me about what they're looking for in the future. Got it. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that often points to, well, gosh, it sounds like a conversation is needed where we're really clarifying whether you two are on the same page before you decide to introduce them to your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people, because that's an uncomfortable conversation, they'll just go ahead and introduce the person to their mom. Right, right. (laughs) A little easier to do that than it is to say, well, actually, are we on the same page about kids? Right, Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. So what are some of the signs that pacing is off in a new relationship? Yeah, I think this is really helpful for people to know because it's very common to see a lot of these in early dating. Yeah. So we're going to go over some common signs that pacing uh, is off. The first one is love bombing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what love bombing is? The uh, overwhelming display of affection very early on in a relationship that is often uh, not uh, at a match for where the relationship really is. Kind of like grandiose, uh, you're the best thing in the world, your best thing since sliced bread, and I want to do all the things with you, and then they kind of disappear. Yes, absolutely. You got it. So there's a couple different sort of like subsets of love bombing uh, that a woman named Natalie Liu talks about. She's got a great blog called Baggage Reclaim and a book called uh, Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl. Mm. (laughs) She talks about fast forwarding. So that's where someone really sweeps you up in a tide of intensity where they're pursuing you and you're dating them and you end up missing crucial red flags. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we just met. You take me to your best friend's wedding that weekend and the next week you take me on a trip to Bolivia. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why you take me to Bolivia, but you take me to Bolivia. Uh, And then, right, all of these sorts of things where it's like we're not doing that early relationship um, work Mm -hmm. of getting to know each other, gradually seeing each other in uh, progressive, progressively vulnerable settings. Yeah. Yep. So that's fast forwarding. There's also something called future faking. So that's when someone gives you the impression of the future so they can get what they want in the present. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's like, we're going to have three kids together and we're going to move in and have this beautiful house in the hills and like that kind of thing where you're like kind mm-hmm. of painting the picture of the future, this kind of rosy. Yeah. It can also be, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm still kind of in a relationship with my ex, my partner uh, of, you know, we were together for eight years, but we haven't really been in love for a long time and we're talking about separating and, you know, you know, I just need to wrap that up, but I want us to still spend time together because I really see in the future, you know, you and I, like you are exactly what I want. Got it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I think we're talking about this a little bit in the frame of uh, it's, it, it's sometimes manipulative that someone is, is to a certain extent maybe doing some of this intentionally, but maybe not. Maybe they not, they're not doing it intentionally, they're not trying to hurt you. And yet there's something about how their system is, is kind of approaching a new relationship right now that is leading to all of this. Yeah. That is having them do these things that are, are the impact is very harmful. 
right? Uh, very confusing and very like kind of intoxicating at first. Like having this person's attention, their interest mm-hmm. can be very engaging for our systems. We want to bond, mm-hmm. um, and yet it kind of causes us to miss some of these important signals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, other signs that piecing is off, delaying the natural next step in the relationship's development. So, for example, matching on an app, messaging for weeks Mm. before going on a date. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, the question that comes up for me, at least, is why do you need that much time? Mm -hmm. It's either like, if there's enough interest to warrant a date, let's go on a date and see. Mm Mm-hmm. And if there's not, then why are we messaging for weeks? Right. Yeah, and of course, with all of this, there's a sweet spot. Yeah. <laughs> We've, right. If you match with someone, they say, want to meet me for a drink in an hour. Yeah. You know, I, I generally think it's better to meet sooner over later because you don't build up a whole fantasy. And that quick, for me, kind of registers red flaggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've also got um, avoiding important conversations. So let me give you some examples. Mm-hmm. Acting like you're in a relationship when no conversation about exclusivity or commitment has been made. Mm. Maybe even like hinting at wanting more time when one partner is sort of nudging them, nudging the other person about commitment, but kind of indirectly. Mm. And the other person is just completely avoiding the topic. Mm. Yeah. Right. There's no lines being drawn in the sand. So we don't, you don't get to really see what the relationship is capable of. Mm -hmm. Another avoidance of important conversations is hiding your deal breakers until weeks, months, years in. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get so attached to somebody before it coming to the surface that like, no, we actually don't want to live in the same place or we don't want to have kids. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another sign that piecing is off is any sort of experience of intermittent reinforcement. So this is the kind of sciency version of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that person who maybe is really present in some moments and not in others in a way that is a little crazy making and mm-hmm. kind of leaves you feeling uh, a little deprived. Mm. Ken Page talks about attractions of deprivation. Like we kind of feel like we have to earn the other person's love. Mm-hmm. So one really common experience of that in the dating world is breadcrumbing. Mm-hmm. You know what breadcrumbing is? I learned just because our clinician, Laya, mentioned it to us as we were preparing for this episode. Yeah, so you're giving little morsels of food without actually feeding the person. Yeah. Okay, you're trying to, and, and it's a tactic, right? You're trying mm. to keep them coming towards you. Mm. Um, and so an example of this might be like a random text here and there. Mm. Right. Hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a late at night text. Mm-hmm. And then they say something really sweet and maybe say, yeah, well, I really want to get together with you. And then you text them back and they never respond. Mm-hmm. Or you say, like, yeah, I want to get together. How about over the weekend? And they just never follow up. So uh, painful and confusing. It really is. Yeah. 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 So breadcrumbing, intermittent reinforcement signs that pacing is off. Another sign is rejecting early and often. Okay. Okay. So. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So this is sort of an example of this would be rarely getting past a first date or say four dates, whatever your number is, because quote unquote, I just wasn't feeling it. Okay. So with this, we're talking a little bit more about um, more of that avoidance style where there's a, a 
tendency to be sort of hypercritical mm. and a tendency to assume that there's nothing, no connection available in a pretty short period of time, not really giving uh, the relationship a chance to pick up pace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is for for the person who's in that scenario of they're always the one shutting things down pretty quickly. That might be a signal like, okay, there may be an opportunity to give actually a little bit more time to relationship to see if a connection develops. Yes, that's okay. right. That's right. Another one would be uh, achieving relationship milestones at a romantic comedy pace. <laughs> <laughs> like we met on Friday and on Saturday you met my mom and on Sunday we were engaged. Yes, and, okay. exactly. Yeah, or we just met and we're planning that trip to Bolivia yeah. or moving in at month two and yeah. what are all the wacky things that will happen? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them and probably not good. <laughs> uh yeah, and so the last one, last sign that pacing is off, and this might be the biggest one, is that you feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster. And this could be a really pleasurable roller coaster. You could feel just like super thrilled a lot of the time. Um, but if you feel like you're not grounded or if there are extreme ups and downs, and I would also say that you can kind of look at how you are showing up in your life. So um, example, common thing that, shows up for people when they're on an emotional roller coaster is they don't do the things that they usually do to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lose connections with their friends. They stop exercising. They're not suddenly pursuing whatever it is, that grad school application that they were working on. Yeah. They've become so consumed by this ups, the ups and downs of this relationship. Yes. That everything else has kind of fallen to the side. Exactly. And yeah. we all know the friend who has been in that and, Maybe have been in that ourselves once or twice, and mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a whirlwind, but it's uh yeah, it's very destabilizing. Yes, uh, and I, I think that's such a, a an important one of the, noticing the the high highs and the low lows. Mm-hmm. It's like it could be like the most amazing thing in the world one day, and then you feel like crap the next day when something is off, when something isn't working, and right, yeah, and I I think that for a lot of people dating is going to have some highs and lows. I think that what we want to look at here is what's the pattern within a particular relationship? Mm -hmm. On balance, am I just always swinging between high and low and high and low? Mm -hmm. Um, Or on balance, am I finding there are good pockets of time where I'm feeling grounded while still connected to this person? Mm -hmm. And I think this all comes back to that first principle of uh, pacing, which is pausing and checking in with our nervous system, right? If you find your nervous system is all out of whack most of the time when you're relating to this person, that means pacing is off. And so then on the flip side, in terms of how do we know when pacing is working, when we're kind of going at a good pace for us and our partner, Mm -hmm. is it that our nervous system is at that optimal level of arousal, right? We're stimulated, we're engaged, but we're not overwhelmed, we're not like totally disengaged. Um, are there other signs that you would point to for like, this is how we know things are working? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what you named is probably the most important, like okay. really noticing where your nervous system is on balance with this person. Yeah, if we look at sort of the opposites of, of some of the signs that pacing is off, right? The opposite of love bombing is uh, progressive, progressively deepening um, levels of, um, affection and attention, 
right? It's not um, on full blast from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things that we talked about at the beginning of our relationship was small promises instead yes. of big promises. Yeah, absolutely. Like, not like you're the greatest thing in the world and I'm going to marry you today, but like what's the small sweet promise that is authentic that we can make and practice making those small promises to each other and then see, oh yeah, you know, let's keep going. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I think it really built trust for me when I saw you say, we're going to do X, Y, or Z, and then you showed up for that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't more and it wasn't less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so some other signs that piecing is on track, some of the opposites of those um, negative signs, really like having movement, having, you know, there's not a sense of stop and go. Mm-hmm. Okay, really, uh, um, you're not waiting weeks and weeks and weeks, but you're also not um, going from one milestone to the next, one day to the next. Mm-hmm you're having the important conversations Mm, openly. And I want to put a caveat in here. Remember what I said about talking about the future, having important conversations in a healthily paced way does not mean on the second date asking, so when do you think you might move to my city if you're in different cities? (laughs) That would fall into the love bombing category. (laughs) (laughs) But it does mean that you're being transparent about what you're looking for to make sure that you're still on the same page. I want to put a shout out in here to the book Eight Dates by yes. uh, the Gottmans. Uh, that's a wonderful uh, kind of way of approaching these important conversations to have uh, as we are considering entering into a long-term relationship together. Mm-hmm. Uh, over time, obviously, don't have all of those conversations in the first two dates or whatever. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and so consistent reinforcement instead of intermittent reinforcement. Mm -hmm. They're showing up when they say they will. Mm -hmm. They're showing up uh, regularly and consistently. And somebody who is going to really give the relationship more than a date Mm -hmm. or an assessment, right? We talked about rejecting early and often. So someone who's really willing to be in the exploration of what's present here when we give ourselves enough connection to actually start to build a bond. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Well, so far we've been talking about pacing really from the perspective of an individual uh, kind of assessing their own pacing and finding ways to engage with pacing in a way that works for them. But obviously there are two people in this relationship mm-hmm. uh, or budding relationship, sometimes three, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other people involved at any rate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how do we take that into account? And and sometimes, probably a lot of the time, our pacing may not match our partner's pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we work with that? Like, what do we do with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that we can assume this will happen, Yeah, right? We're going to have different paces. Um, that's the joy and sometimes the challenge of being in relationship. Um, so first and foremost, just expecting that mm-hmm. and making a commitment to really communicate openly about your varying needs, mm-hmm. okay? I really recommend communicating about your pacing early and often, mm-hmm. okay? So if somebody sends you a message about getting together that weekend and you're feeling like, wow, that's soon because it's Thursday, mm-hmm. you want to chat a little bit more, um, saying that, mm-hmm. right? Even if this is the very beginning of your relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, really giving you both an opportunity to practice the skill of finding ways for both people to feel cared for and respected, finding some sort of Mm -hmm. win-win. And then really noticing your partner's response to how you're communicating about your your pacing. 
Um, again, this is a really great way to kind of assess what kind of partner are they, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's like, can can we take care of each other even in the exploration of what's here between us? Right. Can we both communicate about what we're wanting and needing around pacing mm-hmm. and then uh, be kind and compassionate and respectful when you say like, oh, I, I am really not quite ready for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then does your partner say, oh, cool, mm-hmm. great, let's, let's work with that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm really wanting this. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so we're also, of course, remaining open to the other person's pacing mm-hmm. and responding hopefully both with compassion but also with honesty right? Because it's, it's your piecing is just as important as the other person's, right? And so allowing them to know what you're wanting in terms of pacing so that there is a conversation about, well, how do we, how does the we work? How does the we work? That's a great, yeah, it's, it's so much about the we, right? It's about mm-hmm. discovering between us, what is this, as we said earlier, two-person psychological system? How, do, how does that operate together? Do we mm-hmm. function effectively and uh, successfully together? Or is there such a, a difference between what we're wanting and needing that it makes it very hard right. to do that? Yeah. yeah. Can our nervous systems dance together in a way that is satisfying? Mm-hmm. There's enough difference and enough sameness that it feels like a dance versus a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone's pace is very different from yours, you aren't able to find a place to meet in the middle, that may be an indicator that you aren't a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think it's also worth saying that if you notice in that process that the other person's pace is concerning, right? Really keeping your eye on that. Are they love bombing? Are they breadcrumbing? All those things. That may be also an indicator that it's not a fit because Mm -hmm. that is more of that attraction of deprivation. Right, right. And I want to just say, celebrate Mm -hmm. seeing that it's not a fit. Yes, because you are going to save yourself so much time and energy <laughs> and heartbreak seeing it's not a fit sooner rather than later. And it's, it can be hard to see that sometimes because we get excited. Of course we do. Yeah. You know, if you're like us, we want to be in love. We mm-hmm. want to love. It's, it's kind of something that is deeply meaningful to us. And we want that opportunity and to see like, oh, this isn't it. This isn't the thing I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It can be very hard, but celebrate. It's like... If you can see early on because you've been doing this pacing effectively and you're really checking in with what you need and want and inviting that from your partner and you do you discover early on we're really far apart mm-hmm, on pacing mm-hmm. or there's some there's some value or some quality or something that we're looking for that just isn't we're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Mm-hmm, yeah. Good news. Yeah, and if you can't quite get to celebration at, at least give yourself compassion. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yes. It's painful yeah. to to see those misses and just be with yourself in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think as much as you can be kind with yourself in that moment, the better. Mm. Well, I hope we've given you something that you can use to go out and uh, engage in finding the love that you're really looking for a little bit more easily, a little bit more skillfully and successfully. And um, yeah, anything else you want to say about pacing before we... We wrap it up here? Mm, no. Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, if you found this episode useful, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review in your Apple podcast app. And you can find everything that we mentioned in this show in our show notes on 
uh, relationshipcenter.com slash podcast. And until next time. We love you too. We love you too. Bye. Bye.